Inflation slows in Namibia and Rwanda, and in Egypt, it hits an all-time high. From over a thousand cities in 126 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. Women are yet to enjoy the perks of financial inclusion in Africa despite being at the center of the financial sector. In sub-Saharan Africa, only 37% of women have a bank account compared with 48% of men, a gap that has only widened over the past several years. In this episode, Ondiro Oganga, analyst with the K-Financial, walks us through what Angaza Forum is doing to change the narrative and policy on financial inclusion. Financial inclusion is a familiar term yet so foreign to women. Despite the strides that have been made in terms of policy and technology to lift hurdles and improve access, women are yet to enjoy the packs. Women not just in Africa but across the world are at the bottom of the financial ecosystem. Truth is, despite the exclusion, women are at the center of the financial sector in Africa. In a continent where agriculture contributes 17% to GDP, Women make between 60 to 80% of labor input, producing over 70% of the continent's food, according to the World Bank. However, according to a report by the IMF, only 37% of women in the sub-Saharan African region have access to bank accounts, compared to 48% of men. The gender gap further widens in North Africa to 18% the largest in the world. To change the narrative and eventually policy on financial inclusion, women are mobilizing, organizing, and having conversations to challenge the status quo. One such space is the Angaza Forum. In their first physical session and third running, conversations of financial inclusion took center stage. When you look at the core sectors like agriculture and other sectors um, along that value chain and supply chain, you realize that women the hands of women is creating that output. And I always say, when you see those briefcases that your ministers of finance carry on on that day that they're announcing how much the the economy has grown, 50% of those billions that they're announcing are from the hands of women. But we don't track it. We don't talk about it. We just, um, we we look at our economies as numbers, but we don't look beyond, beyond those numbers to say who, whose hands are creating those numbers. Inclusion goes beyond access to financial services. It boils down to the decision makers. The financial sector is heavily male-dominated. This affects the sector's perception of investment and lending, thus locking out many women and, by extension, women-centered market solutions. We've seen data that says you give a dollar to a woman, you'll get $3 back. Women invest in other women, women invest in diverse populations, and women also make most of the decisions. So they understand when the household um, needs something. So 85% of women make the decisions for, make the medical decisions in their household, not only for their household, but for their parents and for their extended families as well. And so thinking about these women and their contributions to society, it's really big and it could be in the trillions of dollars that can be returned by enabling women to be allocators and to allocate to different populations that will then in turn invest in other communities that can generate great returns, whether that's health, whether that's finance. But because we've never taken the chance to give women the money, we don't even understand what they can do. 
The value of integrating women into the financial ecosystem cannot be underlooked. According to a McKinsey study, the inability for African women to access finance will see Africa lose out an estimated $316 billion in GDP by 2025. To leverage the potential of women in business while addressing the funding gap, the African Development Bank set out on the most ambitious women financing program in the world. Afawa. Affirmative Finance Action for Women in Africa. Um, it is an instrument that is geared to bridge the gap um, in terms of financial inclusion, um, access to finance for women, the 42 billion gap that is there. We have raised four, no, we have raised 5 billion um, to bridge the 42. We are still hoping from the G7 in 2019. We are working with the Gates Foundation to get more money um, from the G20, the idea is to find the uh, to work with all these partners to bridge the 42 billion gap that we see in uh, financing women SMEs. Uh, working with financial institutions to make sure that the resources that women SMEs, women in businesses, actually that the, the money that is required is required by women in businesses is provided. Beyond making funding available, strides are being made on the policy front and yielding results. According to the African Development Bank, in the last decade, Senegal has seen an impressive 900% increase in women's financial inclusion, with the Democratic Republic of Congo realizing a 700% increase in the same period. In South Africa, we're looking very much at the unserved and underserved in financial inclusion. We're looking at affordable products, accessible products, lifting the lid on the vernacular, because language makes a difference around financial literacy is quite critical and making it easy to understand because there's a very distinct difference when you're lending between someone that is able to pay and willing to pay. And if you can create products that improve your ability to pay because you are willing, then that help financial services and institutions help markets be made. They help individuals stay in business. We can help children stay in school. And ideally, we can get to a point where we have fourth generational wealth, for example. The policy progression across the continent continues to challenge societal stereotypes such as women do not pay loans. While the assumption is far from true, as many women are willing to pay back, many women are unable to pay back. As such, finding creative ways of roping in and accommodating women in the financial sector is the way to go. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Ugandan shilling depreciated sharply during the week. Having opened at 36.15, 36.25 levels, it weakened to lows of 37.40, 37.50, but later settled at 37.25, 37.35 levels. Demand from corporates, offshores and interbank was triggered by the statement issued by the World Bank stating a freeze in new loan disbursements to Uganda over the Anti-Homosexuality Act. Inflows from NGOs and commodity exporters were outweighed by dollar demand throughout the week. The shilling is still likely to remain soft and volatile in coming days. If demand remains robust, a breach of the 3750 level could open up to 3800 level, but current levels may attract some dollar sellers that may give the shilling some reprieve if substantial. The trading range is likely to be wide within the 3650 to 3800 levels. And a quick trip around Africa. The annual inflation rate in Tunisia eased for the fifth consecutive month to 9.1% in July of 2023 from 9.3% in the prior month.
It is the lowest reading since September last year, mainly due to slower increases in prices of transportation, furnishings and household equipment, recreation and culture, and clothing and footwear. Food inflation also saw the smallest increase in months. On the other hand, inflation accelerated for restaurants and hotels and housing and utilities. On a monthly basis, consumer prices inched up by 0.7% in July, the highest in three months after 0.4% gain in June. The annual inflation rate in Namibia continued its downward trajectory to reach a near one-and-a-half-year low of 4.5% in July of 2023 compared to June's 5.3%, prompted by a faster decline in transportation prices. Additionally, slower increases were seen mostly for food and non-alcoholic beverages, miscellaneous goods and services at restaurants and hotels. On a monthly basis, consumer prices edged up by 0.1% in July, the same pace as in the previous month. The annual inflation rate in Rwanda fell for the fourth straight month to an over one year low of 17.3% in July of 2023, down from 204 in June. The main drivers of the overall moderation in inflation were prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, with slower increases seen mainly in vegetables and bread and cereals. Prices also slowed down for other CPI items, including alcoholic beverages, tobacco and narcotics, restaurants and hotels, miscellaneous goods and services. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were flat after decreasing 0.4% in the prior month. Meanwhile, the annual urban inflation rate in Egypt accelerated to 36.5% in June 2023, up from 35.7% in the previous month, remaining significantly above the upper limit of the central bank's target range of 5 to 9% and consistent with market forecasts. This marked the highest inflation rate since records commenced in 1958, driven by a low base effect and soaring food prices as the country continues to grapple with debilitating foreign currency crunch. The largest Price hikes also came from alcoholic beverages and tobacco, hotels and restaurants and furnishings. Additionally, Egypt's annual co-inflation rate, which excludes volatile items such as food, eased to 40.7% in July, down from 41% in June and below market forecasts of 41.25%. On a monthly basis, consumer prices slowed to 1.9%, the lowest in three months, following a 2.1% increase in June. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Withadong.